From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. Again, it's good to be back here at Old St. Pat's and to fill this room not only with the people physically here, but of all of us who have found a, a spiritual home in here and have found a way of being in the world that truly is expressive of our deepest faith and convictions about what God is up to. I'd like to share with you a story that happens every year in the beginning of September, September 2nd. A good friend of mine for many, many years, Steve Travnik, his birthday is on that day, and I always seem to find a bit of time to catch up with him on his birthday and wish him good day and all the good things. But this time, I found myself asking him to retell me a story. Part of the reason was because I had just read the scriptures and were trying to prepare for this homily. And I remembered something that he had told me, an event that had occurred in his life that seemed to me speak, spoke to the meaning of the gospel today. You see, Steve was at a wedding, a wedding of a friend of his who had invited Steve as a good friend and Steve's wife, Mary Ann, to the wedding to share in the joy of this man's daughter getting married. The father of the bride, he wanted to make it very, very special. He invited lots of people, for those were the days when you could invite a lot of people. He had an extended family all over the country, and many of his own siblings and their families uh, had children, and a lot of the cousins didn't even have a chance to get to know each other very well. Some of them didn't know each other at all. But he wanted them all at the wedding, and certainly they all came, along with all the friends. And Steve recalled that at that moment, he was just so filled with joy at his friend's joy, celebrating his daughter's wedding, and standing at the edge of the dance floor and watching all the energy going on in the room, the joy that was in the room, the way people were there to celebrate with one another and to experience not only the love of this couple, but the love of a family and the love of friendship. It's not for no reason that when Jesus described what the kingdom is like, he described it like going to a great wedding like this. And there was Steve on the edge of the room watching all this and experiencing this, this joy and this power of what happens when people come together and love and care for one another and let it all out and celebrate it. And he was in a reflective mood, becoming aware of the depth of meaning of this moment when of a sudden he became aware of something and he said it was like no one else saw it but I saw it right in the middle of the dance floor some big hulky guy took out his fist and swung and hit somebody else on the dance floor right in the face stunned him in the face and Steve said it was like I'm the only one who saw it and he immediately moved from this moment of reflection about the beauty of this. And he rushed onto the floor and grabbed this man, this young man, big, muscular man. Steve was 25, 30 years older than him. And he grabbed him just as he was about to take another swing and hit the guy once again. And he grabbed onto him. And Steve's a big guy, but a lot older guy. And this guy was strong. And the rage that was within him, whatever it came from, was strong within him. And he grabbed him and he held on. He said, I don't know if I'd had enough strength to hold on to him. 
But all of a sudden, in this middle of this room, while everybody else is dancing, where nobody else was aware of it, here are these two dancing bears holding on to each other. And he said he could feel the rage in this young man, the rage within him. And he was crying to him, let me go, let me go. And Steve kept on saying to him, I'm holding on until you let go of the rage. And he just kept on holding on to him as they moved across the floor, two men dancing with each other, two bears dancing with each other in this macabre dance. But he said he could feel that gradually, slowly, the rage left him. And he walked him from the dance floor to the edge of the room. And there, who should appear to him but the father of this young man, a cousin of the bride. And the father took his son and held him and said to Steve, it's all right, I'll take him now. Steve went back on the dance floor to talk to the man that had been hit. A little runt of a guy, 5'7", but he found out he had been in the Merchant Marines. He was strong, and he thanked him for not retaliating, for not ruining this moment, for not creating mayhem in a moment of connectedness when everyone was feeling their oneness with each other. And Steve was reflecting on the mystery of our oneness with God. There's a lesson here. Violence ruins our unity, our union, our communion with one another. It goes to the very roots of what we believe is our deepest truth, our oneness with God, our oneness with each other. And violence destroys it. It would have ruined the party, but it ruins, it ruins something more deeply, the mystery of our shared connectedness, our oneness with each other. And the other lesson is, you have to treat violence with power. You must contain it. But retaliation is never the answer to violence. Hold that image of the wedding feast in your minds. Hold it and go into that place of your own heart and sense what it is to be one with God and to be one with each other. And listen again to the gospel reading today. Peter, who's always the stand-in for all of us. Peter, who had listened to Jesus talk about when your brother hurts you or harms you, what strategies we could use to make sure that you bring that person back into the sense of oneness that we listened to last week in the gospel. And this great vision that Jesus offers to us of reconciliation and to remember if you hold something bound, it's bound. If you loose it, it's loosed. And now Peter coming back struggling with this and said, well, how often should I forgive my brother when he harms me? Seven times? Sounds pretty good. And then one after the seven, that's the moment. 
That's the moment to retaliate. I'll give him seven times, but then retaliation. He's open to forgiveness, but he sees forgiveness as one strategy to dealing with harm. One strategy. But if it doesn't work, come down with the boom. And Jesus challenges him, and he challenges every one of us, and he challenges the world about how we are to respond to the hurts, to the harms, to the disappointments, to the lies, to the violence that divides us from one another. And he says, this is how it is with God. This is what the deepest mystery of life is revealing to us. A God who does one thing gives, forgives, and tells us that the power of forgiveness is stronger than all the other powers out there. All the times we feel like revenge or retaliation, there's something more powerful. And it's the ground of our being. Jack Shea says so beautifully in his creed, we're immersed in mystery. Our lives are more than they seem. We belong to each other. And we belong to a great creative energy whose source, whose destiny is God. We're immersed in mystery. And the mystery is mercy, divine mercy. And what does that mean? I think it looks a lot like Steve. You look at the world out of the eyes of God and you say, I know we are meant to be one. I know we're meant to be together. But we also know the reality. We watch from the dance floor of life and we see the violence and we see the wrongs and we see the injustices. And we're so much aware of some of those injustices in our own country, in our own world. The divisiveness that is occurring, the struggles for racial justice, the challenges we have in every kind of form when we see race or religion or ethnicity dividing us and division moving to, to ways of, of being alienated from one another and unjust to one another. We know that, sto that story on the dance floor as well. And the mystery of God, his mercy, is to do what Steve did. There is an action going on. And the action is the mystery of God reaching in and holding us, holding on to us, feeling the rage of humanity, the injustices, the, all the things that divide and separate, and he's holding us and telling us we belong, and we belong to each other. We can't separate ourselves off from one another. There is this beautiful interrelatedness of who we are as people. We're connected. We belong to each other and to this great creative energy that is God's. And mercy is God's holding on. Holding on to us in the hurts and in the pains. Some that we cause and some that others cause. And says, 
I forgive. I forgive. I know the sin. You know the sin. You know the power of sin. You know it in your own heart. You know it in the hearts of others who have hurt you. You see the hurt of the world. But there's something else going on. It is this forgiveness of God that says violence only leads to violence. You've got to break the circle. And the only way to do it is to experience this infinite divine forgiveness in the world and in our hearts, telling us we are more than our sin. Are we sinners? Yes. Do we live in a sinful world? Yes. Do we live in a sinful nation? Yes. Do we live in a sinful church? Yes. But we are more. There's a deeper reality. And the mercy of God says to each of our hearts and to our world, you are my beloved one. You're my beloved son. You're my beloved daughter. In you I take delight. My love will never be taken from you. But guess what? Forgiveness, being forgiven, is a mystery that invites us into being forgiveness, being forgiving. Why? Because we're connected, because we're our deepest truth, and all the other stuff is lies, and all of the stuff is divisiveness. The word for Satan, the father, of lies, not living our deepest truth. The word for the devil, Diabolus, is the divider, the one that separates us. And all that God is doing is pulling us together and reminding us of the power of love that is in our hearts. And when you know love in your heart, and when you know we are connected, and when you know we are meant to create the wedding feast, we are meant to act from that place. The parable of the servant with this huge debt, the terrible history he had of piling up this debt to the, to the mystery of God, these failures along the way. Think of the, the centuries of divisiveness that have existed in the world. Think of the divisions and hurts that go on in family life and friendships the things that divide and separate us, but there's something else at work. And you and I, my friends, are called to be the bearers of that mystery. And look at what it takes. Look at what Steve did. He saw the deepest truth of life, the wedding feast. He knows that that is who we are meant to be and how we are meant to live and share life with one another this sense of blessing and blessedness to each other and the joy that emanates from it. But he also saw those things that cause pain and hurt and mayhem and division. And what did he do? He leapt into action. It takes courage. And if we are going to be the holders of this dream, if we are going to be the ones who believe that our deepest truth is our interconnectedness with one another in the human family, in our country, in our city, in our church, in our families, if we believe in that deepest truth, if we're convinced of it, it takes courage to go out there and make a difference in this world 
and live a different kind of truth. And it takes commitment. It's not something that just happens over day. This is a long haul thing for all of the human family. And it's a long haul thing for each one of our lives. It takes courage and it takes commitment. It takes conversion to move yourself into a new way of seeing and living from that place. And it takes creativity. It doesn't just happen. And it's multiple in its expressions. And each one of us has got to figure out new and beautiful ways to change the world in which we live. One of the people we just prayed for today, burial was this week, Jack McNamara. is a young guy in his 20s. And he went to Lawndale, where we are, with kin's kinship and the Lawndale creation, bonding that we have created with the Lawndale community here at Old St. Pat's. He was there 50 years ago, a young man, and he saw the hurt and the pain. He saw what people were experiencing because they were involved in contract buying. They bought a home, put a small down payment on it, but they had to make their payment every day, every month, and if it wasn't paid, they'd lose everything. They'd lose equity in their house. They'd lose everything. And he had to create in this community a sense it's nothing to be shameful for, that you didn't have the money to go to a loan. It's nothing to be shameful for that banks wouldn't give you the loan. We can change things. And they created new laws with great courage and great determination that changed the way people bought and sold homes and got rid of redlining and all the things were a burden on the back of the people of Lawndale and throughout our city. The courage of it, the commitment to it, he died with that same kind of commitment toward racial justice, and especially that kind of justice that involves the institutional racism that can occur in our society. He was passionate about it, and he fought it to the very end. Commitment and creativity. Think of us today. A few days ago, Francis Xavier Ward opened a school, over 900 kids, in one of the most racially, culturally, religiously, economically diverse schools in the city of Chicago, with a dream, with a vision of the wedding feast, who said, we can do something here with three-year-old kids and with their parents. We can create what the world should look like with our children and our families. And now several thousand children have graduated from that experience of what life looks like. Look at kinship, the bond that was created between St. Pat's and the West Side before all of these latest disturbances, but with that sense now of trust and confidence that working together, we can make a difference. I look at my own experience these last few years at Catholic Extension, the experience of people, the poorest people in our country, who are living with unbelievable circumstances, but coming together as a faith community like we do, and saying we're more than our circumstances. We can dream great dreams and we can live a life of compassion and building a just community. It's within us. Brothers and sisters, we stand at the edge of the dance floor. We know we're on the dance floor and we believe that at the heart of this great dance of God, with wonderful music in our hearts and in our souls and in our beings, 
we proclaim a different vision of the world. And Jesus has given us a strategy that pulls us together and not separate us. It's divine mercy. It's mercy spoken to your heart and mine. It is a mercy that infuses us and says, trust this reality. Trust this flow of love. Trust this holding on to each other. The deeper connectedness we have, only to be released into a whole new way of being. And the father took his son, troubled son, into his arms and worked with him with the compassion of a father. And the young man dealt with a lot of his demons, ended up in AA, is living a productive life because one person went on that dance floor and held on to him and said, I won't let you go. I'm in this thing with you. I refuse to let the demons be spoken from you. I will do all in my power to keep dancing with you until the rage and the demons are driven and you can have a future not condemned to what could have happened on this floor for the rest of your life. Not held in, you're not held in your sin. You're not defined by your sin. And that's what God is saying to us. He's giving us a way of being. And it's not in some distant future. It's right now, waiting to be revealed by a people who believe in the power of forgiveness the power of God's mercy that is now, that is in us, and that can change the world. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about all resources and events at Old St. Pat's, please visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. I'm Kate Anderson. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast. Podcast.